Bienvenidos and welcome back to another episode of Puro Pinche Gol, the podcast where we discuss all things USMNT y la selección mexicana. I'm joined once again with the one and only, my tocayo, Adrian. How you doing, man? Hey, what up, man? All good, dude. All good. Sunday after the end of the World Cup. What a game. A lot to talk about. Talk about. Um, so I'm, I'm excited, dude. I'm ready. What yeah, did you, you? Did, you, did you get a chance to catch your breath after that game? Dude, you, tell me about f- a freaking drama and like last minute goals. It was crazy. I think, it, honestly, um, and, and we'll, we'll talk more more about this <clears throat> later on the, on the on this episode. But I think, honestly, it has been the best final for the last, what, five World Cups at least so far. It was great. Yeah. Now, there you have it, fellas. Y'all could hang up now. That, that was it. That was <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but now, yeah, we definitely have a lot to talk about here. Um, you know, this is episode three, La Final. We're going to discuss all about the final here and, uh, you know, the World Cup in general, the first World Cup in the Middle East. Uh, we're going to talk about our likes, dislikes, uh, what we thought. A lot of upsets, a lot of uh, teams that didn't live up to expectations. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's going to it's gonna be a good one. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of rank, you know, where we think this this whole World Cup in general, you know, compared to the other ones. Uh, how we how we think it, it kind of uh, held up but um so this is episode three if you guys haven't checked out episode one and two world cup postmortem for the usmnt and la selección mexicana uh recommend you guys go check those out uh, we went over a lot of uh, a lot of um topic talking points that are you know up in the air right now for the t- both teams uh the coaches uh, what they're going to do without world cup qualifying um what we expect of them in 2023 and beyond so Definitely go check those out if you haven't. Uh, they're available on all uh, podcast streaming services, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and as well as uh, YouTube with a video there. Mm-hmm. If you want to see our pretty faces, I'd recommend looking at YouTube. <laughs> there you go. And subscribing, of course, to keep seeing them. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool, man. Uh, awesome. So let, let's get right into it because we got a lot to talk about for sure. Um, so I guess let's start with the... <laughs> Well, we all witnessed today what I think everybody witnessed today. My social feed has been just, you know, bombarded by nothing know, but Argentina fans. Yeah. So, um, obviously, Argentina won after a crazy, crazy match. 3-3, went to penalties. And uh, did the best team win, Adrian? What do you think? Look, uh, yes. I mean, <clears throat> if, if we if we, if we're, if we're going to base our answer on who has the best players, then maybe no. Uh, because if you go line by line, the French team has way better players than this Argentine Argentinian combine. Nonetheless, um, I think that I'm gonna say yes, just because Argentina has been playing at a very top level for the last year and a half, if not two years, ever since they won that Copa America um, with Messi, you know, having a great display of his game uh, with actually finding a team that knows how to cater to him and not not surround every not make everything about Messi but be a, a team that can play right. um yeah I'm gonna say that for sure I think the best team won yeah definitely um I think like you said the French man by man if you go you know goalkeeper France is better uh position wise defense you'd probably pick French's defense as well over Otamendi, aging Otamendi and those guys. Um, you know, Mbappé, uh, one by one, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but, you know, this squad, this Argentina squad, the difference between this one and the one that got to the 2014 World Cup, I think is 
A, what you said, uh, Lionel Messi, it's not all on him this time. He actually okay. has a, a supporting cast that, you know, wants to win it for him and wants to win it for the country. Uh, yeah. Before, it was a lot, of, uh, a lot of egos, I think, that kind of uh, were there to play, uh, but not really, you know, for the heart of it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, this, this squad had a, um, a, a better mixture of experience and uh, youth and, uh, you know, in the 2014 World Cup, there was a lot of aging, Carlos Tevez, Mascherano, a lot of the old guard that was, you know, still playing at a high level, but um, they were starting to go down. Uh, and uh, here, you know, uh, you, you still had the, the veterans, Messi, Otamendi, Emi uh, Martinez, and, uh, you know, sprinkled in with new guys like McAllister. Nepal. And, uh, yeah, all those guys, the Paul. Um, so yeah, I think it was it was a good uh, a good squad that came together at the perfect time and woke up after that uh, that beating to the to the Saudis in the first round. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I, um, I, go for it. I, I I feel that at, at the very beginning of the World Cup, I think they 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 arrived at the World Cup knowing they were the the team to defeat. Right, like right. I feel that everyone thought Argentina was, if not the one number one candidate. For winning, taking it, taking it home, it was at least, at least the second uh, team up for uh, winning the championship. So yeah. um, I, I think that defeat against the Saudis was like a wake up call. Like, all right, you gotta you gotta realize that not because you have names, not just because you have Messi on your side, not just because maybe the 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 Qatari or the Qatar prince wants you to be champion <laughs> means that you're gonna you're gonna make it right. Yeah. So. Um, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they took it seriously after that and man, they, they, they actually played pretty well. I mean, I'm impressed with, um, Scaloni. He proved to everyone that rotation of players is okay. That yep. nowadays coaches need to adapt depending on the situation, depending on the rival they're facing. So yeah, man, I think by all means the best team won. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, what a crazy wake up call, right? Just, uh, I think they were like on a 30 win streak or something, something crazy. 34. 34. Yeah. And then to lose it in the first round of the World Cup, you're just like, man. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to, to the group stage and, you know, discuss all that. But what I really want to focus on right now and, uh, is the final. Um, yeah. so Messi, you got to start with him. Uh, is he the GOAT? Look, I, I think that, um, this is, this is the proof that we needed to end this debate. Like this, this was the last argument that every single Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi fan had was that you know Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi never won anything with their uh, national teams until they did, um, and then now it was, it was a conversation of who has a World Cup. Now right. Messi has one, and Cristiano Ronaldo left the tournament as a diva, as a crying baby. And as a shame to his country. And so, on the bench. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, there's there's no doubt. Like, I'm not a Messi fan whatsoever. I don't I don't really like Messi's style of game uh, or style of play, sorry. Uh, that doesn't mean that he's... I don't think he's a good player. He's, he's, he's the best player, period. Like, historically speaking, he yep. is the GOAT. Yeah, and I think we would have all agreed that had Cristiano Ronaldo won the World Cup, he would have been... The undisputed yeah. goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all came uh-huh. down to this. I mean, uh, you know, they he has five Ballon de Oro, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Messi has what six or seven, right? I think, I think so, he has yeah, seven but... now. Uh, and um, 
you know, uh, those uh, maybe one or two of those were given to him, I think, unfairly. Mm-hmm. So I always consider them both with five. And, uh, <laughs> you know, five at least genuine ones. And um always consider them, you know, equals. Uh, like I said, like you said, sorry, uh, I, I wasn't ever the biggest Messi fan either. I preferred and enjoyed watching Cristiano more. I thought he was more the exciting player, um, especially in his Real Madrid days. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to appreciate what Messi has done and how can you not, he, he, he killed at this tournament, man. He, um, a lot of his goals were penalties, but some of the passes, like, man, he was seeing, he just makes you appreciate him. And, uh, definitely, I think the debate is, uh, settled once and for all. Yeah. I, I mean, I think based also, um, <clears throat> one point to, to mention is that I think both of them, as they age, they try to readapt and be more useful for the team. And I think in this case, Messi, at least with the national team, found the position that he needed, that the team needed him to play. The team doesn't didn't need him to be like the creator or the, I guess the the starter of every single offensive drive. Right. Uh, they needed him to be the finesse, the assist kind of guy. The I'm gonna come in clutch when y'all need me. Right. And that was pretty much what he did. Um, you know, with, with that goal against Mexico, he op- he opened up the lock. Um, even even the penalties, right? I mean, I know that Cristiano Ronaldo got a lot of criticism because of how many penalties he scored. But exactly. And but you, you have to be that player. Like if you are the star of your team and you are the reference guy, then you have to stand up to those occasions, and he did. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not easy, right? Uh, mm-hmm. People say, oh, man, he scored, I don't know, 150 penalties in his career. Yeah, I mean, you tried doing that. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's there's a reason he's taking them because he's the best at it. Uh, exactly. You know, coaches and teams train nonstop on the pitch for that moment. And, uh, you know, you got to be killer instinct and be able to bury them when it, when it matters. And uh, a penalty, even though we don't consider it the most glamorous of goals, still a goal. And exactly. uh, he, he made them when when they counted. So, no. So definitely props to him for 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 that for cementing himself as you know Maradona level or maybe even beyond. Uh, definitely have to see what some Argentinos think. Um, but yeah, I mean, what what a performance from him! What a tournament from him! Rightfully rightfully winning that golden ball as the best player of the tournament. And uh, you know, I don't think there's any any doubt left on anyone's mind. I agree. And they shouldn't. Like whoever thinks otherwise, and you're just you're a disaster, my guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, what did you think about France? Uh, you know, it took them what 75, 78 minutes to wake up, but when they did, God, they uh, they wouldn't stop. Dude, I, I, honestly, like I, I guess it was true that most of their players were becoming ill with the, uh, I don't know how to call it, like maybe the. La fiebre del camello, something like that. That's what I heard on, on yeah. ESPN Deporte, something like that. But um, it, it is a shame. It's 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 a shame that you know throughout the tournament they were they were the most solid team. Like every single performance, yeah. with that exception against Tunisia, because they right. played pretty much all the bench. Um, they were a strong team. Like it was very difficult for someone to I guess for anyone to think, you know what, um, England is going to defeat them or. Morocco is gonna, you know, get the best of them. Whatever. Uh, to me, it was, it was always a situation of this World Cup is France is for it's 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 
It belongs to France until someone else takes it. France and to I was lose. Exactly. And and yeah. I expected Argentina to be that, that to be that team. Um but it's just so unlucky that on the last game where they needed to be the best, where they needed to be like, you know, at their highest level of performance and concentration, they I don't know what happened. I don't know if I mean if you notice, but at the very beginning of the game, they were losing uh balls like crazy. They were they weren't able to like uh, make three passes on a row. Yeah. Um they, they they had like very poor ball ball control. I don't know when it, it was just, just was mess. was horrible. Dude, and tell me about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree, man. They um, Argentina for me started off the tournament bad, obviously with that loss, and little by little they started getting, I think, experience and just uh, performing better. Yeah, and they saved their best match for the end. Uh, France was kind of not the opposite because they were consistent; they were great throughout, except like you said, Tunisia. And uh, these those first 75, 78 minutes, no one could put a pass together, and they were just playing like they were nervous or something or had never been there. And I don't know. I don't know what it was. Giroud, you know, I mean, they took him out. I don't know why. Maybe he was one of the sick players. I think he was. But um, he never got a chance to, to do anything. So, no. I mean, I don't know why they took him out. Um, Dembele, I know why they took him out. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, other than that, you know, it sucks that they, they were sick. It sucks that they uh, missed a lot of their star players and Karim Benzema, Pogba, Kante. But, um you know, you play with what you have, and you still make it to the final. But um, yeah, I mean, unfortunate. But man, when they when they started playing well at the 80th minute, man, that that second Mbappe goal, man, that play and just that guy's crazy. It was a display of. I mean, that 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 kind of play and goal tells you that this is a team that is ready to perform at any at any minute, right? It took them almost 80 minutes to react, but when they did, they they seemed unstoppable. I I really thought they were gonna, you know make a comeback and win a 3-2. Three, three um, yeah. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. At the very end, we had those two uh, attempts where both keepers were crucial for keeping um, the score tied. But it, it was just it was just a bad day. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe they were just unlucky, man. They woke up on the on the opposite side of the bed, right? Um, yeah. um, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what, what was the case. But um, also, another thing that I want to point out is that Mbappe was pretty much lost throughout the entire game. When he woke up, you noticed it right away. But he one thing the that best player on the field. Yeah, definitely, like by miles. But mm. one thing that we also have to realize is, even though France has a, a well and very talented team, um, you can tell that not everyone is on Mbappe's level. Oh yeah, definitely, and um, that's a hard level to be at. <laughs> but he. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. He killed it and, uh, you know, hat trick in the World Cup final at age 23. Nothing to be ashamed <laughs> about at all. Um, I think he scored eight goals this World Cup and he, he scored has 12 goals in total, dude. Last, he has 12 yeah. at age 23. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Hopefully, you know, uh, Thomas Mueller doesn't happen to him where he scored like, I think, 11 or 12 in his first two World Cups as well and, and didn't score since. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't, I don't think that will happen to Mbappe. He's just on another level. But uh, do you think this is the end of France's golden generation? Are we going to see them in a third World Cup final in four years? Look, I, I don't think it's the end of France's golden generation. It, it's going to be very difficult for them to be on, a, on another World Cup for the third, third time in a row. Uh, but I think the French people or the French fans have a lot to, have a lot of, a lot of things to look forward to. Um, you know, you have, the, you have the likes of Camavinga, 
You had the likes of um, Kunde, even Kingsley Coman, even, you know, them, like pretty much every single one of them, man. Uh, besides, you know, Giroud, Oyoris, maybe Varane, but pretty much this, you still have at least two good World Cups out of each, out, out of all of these players. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, the the Tuamenis, the, the, uh, the, what was the name of that? Colo Moini, something like that. Oh, and yeah. even you know, even uh, Marcus Turam, I was really impressed. Yeah. I was, I mean, he he came out of nowhere. I I barely knew that he was alive. Um, it kind of sort of is easy to understand that he's uh, Lilian Turam's uh, son. Yeah. But he he was impressive. He was good. He performed. Uh, you know, when whenever they required him to perform, he was a good player. Uh, he's definitely not a striker as Giroud, but he. He knows how to put when to put his worker hat on and work his ass off for the team. So I, I really like that. Yeah, no, definitely. They like when you started mentioning that list, it just it's insane how much talent they have and how much uh, youth, you know, is I, I, I feel more confident that France will make another World Cup final than Argentina. Um, oh, that, yeah, this was mm-hmm. their their peak and that that was they man prop to them for doing it. They uh, they did it for Messi, did it for Argentina and uh do you, who are you rooting for before? I know, uh, you know, Mexico and Argentina, you know, they have history, obviously, in um, mm-hmm. in the World Cup. A lot of my <laughs> friends uh, in the States or in Mexico were telling me that, you know, man, anybody but Argentina. Um, I personally was wanting it to come back to the Americas. It's been five World Cups that uh, it was in while. Europe. Yeah. So um, I'm not the biggest Argentina fan either, but um, you know I'd rather have it on this side of the pond than than over there. So it, it was a it was a good change of pace. Yeah, no, I didn't have any favorites honestly. After Mexico was uh, kicked out and USMT as well, I was rooting for England, and I just like England. Period. It doesn't really matter how well they're playing. I just like the I guess uh, the English team uh, for yeah. many, many different reasons. One of them being David Beckham. But um, I I really wanted this to go to Messi more than Argentina. I just wanted him to to have the you know be the be the World Cup champion, put it into this debate. I think it's a it's a perfect ending for a very fruitful uh, career, and and he deserves it, man. Honestly, Uh, I mean, there's nothing left to say. I I don't have anything against France. Um, I don't have anything. to root for Argentina, I really couldn't care, but I just wanted I just wanted this story to end on the best note possible. Like Mbappe can win the next one or the <laughs> next once, uh, but this this was Messi's to take. Yeah, for sure, and uh, definitely Messi. All he needs now to finish off his trophy cabinet is MLS Cup when he goes to Inter Miami. He's coming, dude. He's coming. Yeah. That's gonna be the most important trophy in his cabinet, man. The one he wants more than anything. <laughs> MLS Cup. I, the, there was one one stat that I want to mention from the game that I was very impressed, and this tells you how well Argentina was playing at the very at, on the first half and how poorly was France doing. On the first half, France had zero uh, shots at all. Like not even no, they didn't shot whatsoever. No shots on target. No wow. shots off target. Yeah, I that remember was, any. Yeah, that, that's a freaking. I was thinking about it. And I was like, all right, let me double check and make sure that I'm that I got this right. And yeah, for the first half, they had. 41% of, of the ball, sorry, sorry, 41% possession of the ball. They had zero, zero total shots. Um, dude, they had like zero corner kicks, no offsides, no big chances, no chances missed, no counterattacks. 
they only had one goalkeeper save. Um, and that's that's a lot to say because Argentina had 60 shots in total, three on target, three off target. Um, so it, yeah. it was just a, a complete domination of uh, of Argentina. And they, they had like a 11% difference in accuracy of passes too. It's just, it, it was crazy. Yeah, no, uh, definitely domination by Argentina the whole first 75 minutes. Um, but um, the French subs definitely paid off. Um, you could tell in the second half they came playing a little, you know, they, they grew into the game as the, yeah. as the second half went on. And after those two amazing goals, well, one was a penalty and another one was a, a fantastic goal by Mbappé. Uh, you just thought, man, it's over for Messi. He's never going to get this moment again. And yeah. uh, I remember uh, I was texting you and others. I was like, man, this is going to – I feel like a, a Holland thing is going to happen again. You know, they say in, in, in Spanish que el marcador 2 cero es el más difícil um, de mantener. The hardest, the hardest you know, uh, score to, to maintain is Es el más engañoso. Engañoso, ajá. Because you get you – get, um, complacent right you're like oh man 2-0 they could score on me and i'll still be winning and uh you just you stop attacking and you just uh you just get complacent and uh that well, happened I mean, to them even even as caloni made a made a defensive change he took out uh di maria and he put acuna and, acuna and you could tell that they their their attack stopped right away Mm-hmm. And the Maria was playing amazing down that flank. He was—he did not look his age, and uh, he rolled back the years, and he was playing—he was playing crazy, crazy I, good. I thought the, I thought the Maria had a poor display at the very beginning of the game, um, but he got lucky with a freaking penalty mm-hmm. and the goal. So that—that's why I, th- I feel that most of his performance got uh, cleared out or saved. Because, yeah, foreshadowed because of that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I think he uh, he had a good couple moments down the flank where he took on some of his defenders. He uh, he tuned the couple a couple times, and uh, I think he was uh, because of him. Obviously, they got the penalty, and um, I don't know. I, I think I thought he had a good game. But by the, um, by the way, what a freaking joke of a penalty, man! You gotta be kidding me. There was contact. There was contact. There was barely contact, though. He, 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 but they've been calling them like that. They've been calling them like that all, all time. I know. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, I, mean, I agree. I still think him, it man. was a BS call, though. That would have never been called in the Premier League. Just Hell no, nah, dude. Hell no. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it, it's been called like that all tournament. And, um, it was iffy during the tournament because you, you had, you had instances where they call penalties like that and some other times they don't. And then some, the ones that are clearer, right? Like a freaking tackle. Or like a push from the back, those were supposed to be called and they didn't. They didn't. So I guess it all depends on who was the freaking referee at that time. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to make like a conspiracy theory or whatever. Well, <laughs> all I know is the Qatar government wanted Messi to be the world, the world champion. So speaking know, of man. refereeing, uh, don't miss our next episode. We're gonna have a special guest, uh, FIFA oh, yeah. referee, talking the whole World Cup with us. His views on VAR. His views on the uh, the highs and the lows of the refing for this tournament and his his opinion overall. So so make sure y'all y'all subscribe and uh, hang out with us next episode. It's gonna be a good one. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, uh, extra time. Uh, another goal from from Messi. Another goal from Mbappe, of course, the number tens. And uh, everyone just thought, I guess, once Messi scored, it's over again. Yeah. But uh, you can't you can't rule out Mbappe. And uh, then then finally. 
settle it with penalties? What did you think? Uh, did they did France get their lineup wrong, or was it just no, uh, unlucky? I, I I personally don't think it was a, a mistake of choosing who's going to be the kicker. I I just think that uh, unfortunately the Shams made the changes, uh, the subs, and uh, I I think he expected his young players to behave as well experienced. Uh, players and and they didn't I, I i truly believe that uh th those who missed the penalty were overwhelmed because i mean as you saw the freaking stadium was nothing but argentinians and messi fans yeah. so uh i don't think they're used to playing well you would think they're used to playing on, the, on those kind of you know on those kind of games where you have opposition pushing at you <laughs> throughout the 90 minutes Uh, but I, I do have to say that South American pressure or South American chants and South American people, fans are way different. Like they, they chant and they push their team in a different way. So I just feel that they, they couldn't overcome the fact that they felt the pressure on. Um, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's proof that not, even though they have a lot of talent, they're not at Mbappé's level yet. Yeah. Yeah. But that was cold, dude. Yeah, he he yeah, for sure. And th they'll definitely grow to that to that level though. That 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 team like we say just uh, full of talent and uh sky's the limit for them. And this won't be their their last final at all, I don't think. But um like on on, on those instances you need you hit they missed the Pogbas and the Cantes and all that stuff. I mean Benzema. Uh, yeah. They missed yeah. all those players. The people that have been there before and uh mm -hmm. the experienced folks. Yeah, cuz I mean it was not a lot of experience on that team. At that, exactly. at that type and, of uh, and yeah. the other thing that I also want to mention is even though France has line by line best players um, and we all know that Hugo Lloris is it's better than Amy Martinez maybe yeah. not by much but he's definitely a better keeper under the three posts um, Amy Martinez is better at one thing and that one thing is penalties because you, you can you can look at Hugo Lloris and his record of saving penalties And I think he, he has a very poor record on it. I don't I don't yeah. call me on the numbers, but it, it's been like a while since he's had he, since he stopped a penalty. And I think throughout his career as the French goalkeeper, there was maybe like one or two go, uh, PKs that he had to face, um, and he was unable to stop them. So, statistically, statistically speaking, Emi Martinez has had or has been in that position more times, making him more reliable when. The penalty kick, uh, the penalty kick shootout happened. Yeah, and I think Emmy Martinez was going into that penalty shootout on the confidence of that uh, Paradon he did to save. Uh, yeah, Argentina the one, at the, the end. One with the leg. Yeah, when he reached out with the left leg and just stopped it. That was crazy, crazy stop, and that man just saved them from from total loss there. Um, definitely, Emmy Martinez, I think, is also more of a gets in your head. If you saw him, he was uh, taking his yeah. sweet time. He was constantly... He was dancing and shit. Yeah, constantly getting in their head, and, and it worked. So, um, Argentina, for sure. Digno campeón. It's back here to the this side of the pond. Uh, Messi goat, and uh, what, what a great final. Probably the you best know, final that I've witnessed, for sure. You know who uh, Emi Martinez reminded me of? Who's that? Nahuel Guzmán, bro. <laughs> <laughs> a trolling yeah, goal. Ese vato lo aprendió en el Guzmán, te lo puedo asegurar. And uh, I, w I was texting uh, the G-Man, and, and he told me, like, look, you're going to think I'm crazy, but 
Namuel Guzman es mejor que Emi Martínez. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Namuel Guzman is good, but Emi Martínez juega en Aston Villa. Yeah. Juega en la Premier League. There's no freaking way that Nahuel is better than him, like at all. Nahuel had his moment four years ago at the World Cup, so he at mm -hmm. least got experience going there. But uh, that is true. Definitely, uh, should have at least been on the bench, I think, here. But <laughs> just for another topic. Exactly. Um, but no, great, great, great final. Uh, definitely one that for for the neutral fan was uh, was entertaining and even it was entertaining. I yeah. was getting texts from people that don't even watch football and telling me, "Man, this has been an amazing game." Um, so I think we were lucky to, to witness that. Um, cool. So let's go into our second topic here. Um, discuss the World Cup, you know, just as a whole. Um, <clears throat> this, you know, before it even started, there was a lot of criticism about this World Cup, you know, where it was being taken place, how it was given to, to this country. And uh, a lot of the, um, the labor that went into it and uh, the stadiums and uh, just, just it didn't start off in the uh in the best light um what do you think uh was this a world cup that should have happened in the first place uh what did you agree with it being held there look i guess <clears throat> i guess maybe what 10 years ago when it was announced um i thought and i was like all right i mean that's okay uh you know we had one in africa why not have one in the middle east uh, i was way younger back then and i couldn't care less uh But of course, I, you know, I don't know if you saw that documentary on Netflix about FIFA. Um, I don't think I've seen it yet. Yeah, well, it's, it just talks about how the whole thing happened and how essentially uh, the Qatar Prince bought the, the rights to host the, the, the World Cup in Qatar. Um, as simple as that, like it was never meant to happen. Qatar yeah. didn't qualify in any way whatsoever to be a good... Uh, candidate to host the World Cup because of the temperatures, because of the infrastructure, because of a plethora of reasons, right? That should have been given to the states. Um, and it happened in, in a combo where Russia was on the same spot um, and England was supposed to get it or Great Britain was supposed to get it, but ended up going to Russia and Qatar. Um, so, yeah, I think it was, it, it's a, this should have, should have never happened. Uh, I think it's clear to everyone, especially if you saw that documentary, that this is this was you know an act of I'm gonna buy it. Like we have enough money to go around Joseph Blatter at the time and yeah. just buy everyone <laughs> else's who who isn't uh, buy everyone else's who isn't a Joseph Blatter friend vote, and they did it. Like look, dude, on the documentary they literally say that the Qatari prince went to France to talk to the French president. And I think Nicolas Sarkozy was the president at the time. Um, and he was like, look, um, I'm going to donate X amount of millions of dollars or, or euros to, to your country. We're going to sign some, you know, uh, we're going to make some, <clears throat> some, uh, I guess we're going to build some ties between your country and mine, blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm assuming it had to do a lot, of, it had to do with uh, uh, gas and, and petroleum uh, access and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, and, and when the French president asked him, hey, so what do you want in exchange? The guy was like, look, I just want France to vote for Qatar as the World Cup host. So this dude calls Michel Platini and he was like, hey, man, so listen, who are you voting for uh, to host the World Cup in 2022? He's like, well, I think I'm going to go for the United States. And the guy was like, no, you're going to vote for Qatar. And that's it. 
And so that's literally what happened with a bunch of them. They went around to, you know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't actually go to the, uh, I guess, uh, the, the executive of the confederation, right? They went directly to the, president, the president of each country. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, look, I'm going to give you this amount of money as a, this is a present for you to develop your country's soccer complexes or whatever, right? Uh, it's going to be all cash. So you use it as you want. Um, the only thing that we ask for is that you tell this guy to vote for us on the, on the FIFA uh, committee, right? And that's pretty much what happened. So, nice. uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then on top of that is there's also the situation of the foreign workers. How many of those, you know, uh, unfortunately got killed. Uh, some people say they got murdered because, you know, they, they, didn't, yeah, they didn't know what they were getting into, right? Um, yeah, and there's extreme conditions and exactly. yeah, just just working 16 18 hour days with little rest yeah just uh, do you know they, they show you the i guess the i don't want to call them uh, i guess worker complexes or whatever but th these are essentially like labor labor camps um where they had you know housing for the for the workers and the workers had their bathroom on the same area as their kitchen and it, it was dude, it was a it was a very nasty situation for them um the number of people that died is still unclear i was reading an article on bbc saying that at least approximately 1800 people died but they estimate that it's way more because they had people from bangladesh from india from egypt from egypt sorry and uh, other countries around that area uh that who were going and migrating as construction workers um but they just never made it back and there's probably not an official report on them and just, uh, exactly. yeah, that, that's probably the low end of the number. Um, yeah, definitely unfortunate. And uh, like I said, it, it started, unfortunately, um, with uh, with that news, how the stadiums yeah. were built. And it just kept getting worse, like I think, on, as the buildup. Two days before the World Cup uh, was supposed to start, they announced that uh, no beer was going to be served at the games. Yeah, right. And you know, uh, yeah, go for go, it. Go, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, after Bud was it Budweiser, right? That paid, I think it was seventy five million or something like that to have mm -hmm. to be the exclusive server of the um, of the FIFA World Cup, and you know to have have been told, hey man, that we're just ignoring this contract, and uh, I'm sorry, but you know we're not going to do this two days before. That's just unheard. That's of. crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I, you know, I think to me, it's a, it's interesting. Needless to say, just because the fact that, you know, we're used to FIFA showing up to the to every single country. I mean, like, all right, for this month, a month and a half, screw your rules. We're going to go with what we want. And you, right. we're, you're going to bend over if you want to have the World Cup in your country, right? And this is the right. first time where a country goes back and be like, no, 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 no. You want to host it here? Yeah. It's, it's your tournament. It's your party. But it's in my house. And we play yeah. by my rules. So to me, it's like, all right. I mean, I... It's it's unfortunate for those fans who enjoy drinking a beer, a cold <laughs> with the boys, and watching their national team right play right. at the highest uh, at highest level of soccer. But I also I'm also happy that at least someone stood their ground and was like flipping off the finger to FIFA, mainly saying like, "Look, yeah, we can we can two can play this game." So again, it's your party, but it's my house. Yeah, definitely the first time that a uh, a country makes FIFA bend over for them. <laughs> um so uh you know speaking of that again before the world cup even started do you remember the uh the paid fans and how funny Dude, that was you know what i 
that, that one, I mean, I, I didn't register that whatsoever. I guess it was so early that I was waking up to see the games that I, I, I wasn't paying attention to it until you mentioned it. And then I went back to see some uh, to see some of that footage, and I was like, "Dude, what the hell? Yeah. What's up with that?" Like you see the uh, the um, the Arab guys in England shirts singing, "It's coming home." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just uh, something that uh, I thought was very funny, and uh, something that has never been seen before, just to try to build definitely the uh, atmosphere there before the World Cup. I was reading an article saying that they they. I guess, I mean, for the lack of a better word, they imported people from Bangladesh, from India, and they literally told them, look, we're going to pay you to be here to wear these shirts. They were wearing, like, fake shirts of Argentina, of Belgium, and then just like, look, whenever you see, like, a camera, uh, you know, doing taking some footage or whatever, just go and chant this or whatnot. Like, just make it seem as you are a fan of that freaking team. Yeah. No, that, that, was, that was hilarious. And uh, I, I don't doubt that article at all. Um, so one more thing I wanted to discuss before we start going into the groups and whatnot. Um, this was the first World Cup that was held all in one city in Doha, Qatar. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. Uh, one of the things that I don't like that I'm not looking forward to about the 2026 one is that it's going to be so spread out. Mm-hmm. I like it when it's like in a small country like Korea, Japan, or when it was in Germany, when it's just, I think it's, you feel that atmosphere more everywhere. Here you're gonna be, you know, for the World Cup here in 2026, you're gonna be, I don't know, in Denver, and then the next another game's gonna be in Los Angeles, and you know, it's just like it's far, and then another one in Montreal, and then in Monterrey. It's just gonna be the the distances are gonna be crazy. Um, hopefully they, they have a way to kind of um, keep, I don't know, certain groups, Group A, B, C, maybe in this area. Group D, so you know, so yeah. so those fans can stay in that area and maybe just have a better atmosphere but um yeah i think it was really cool how they uh, they had them all there in doha and um less traveling for the teams and uh they were able to just um i think uh pull it off there it was a it was a great uh great uh host city i think yeah no i mean i I, i've never been to a world cup um but I, i can definitely see the benefit of having every every single game happening on the same city i mean i was reading some people's tweets and uh, other people that i know that who actually went to the world cup they were saying like look it's pretty cool that you know you can go you can pretty much go to all the games if you want of the day i i I know of people who actually got tickets for every single game of one single of one day and they managed to go through every single uh i guess to jump stadiums with a lot of ease you know um and i think that was that's something that it's also a uh a first time or, you know, it was the first time that something like this happened. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure if, if that was the case with Korea, Japan or Germany. I can tell you in Germany, uh, because my mom went with that on that, uh, to, to that World Cup, she had to travel at least like overnight to go to the next stadium where Mexico was playing. Um, yeah. So even though it's technically like a small, con- a small country, um, it wasn't as easy as it is in Qatar, or I guess it was in Qatar, because some of those stadiums are coming, are, you know, are going down. They're getting recycled or whatever. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of good, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, but I remember, yeah, I'm pretty sure games. that it was it was a, an advantage for for the fans. Um, so yeah, I thought yeah. I, I also thought it was pretty cool. Cool, man. So uh, let's start, I guess, discussing the actual play, the World Cup play. Um, All right. 
So obviously we were in, this is the last World Cup with 32 teams. I think the next World Cup is going to start a 48-team tournament. So um, that, that'll be very interesting to say the least. But, um, you know, Group A, Netherlands, Senegal, Ecuador, and Qatar. Um, that first game, Ecuador, Qatar. <laughs> did, did we think, did we expect more from Qatar, you think? No, honestly, well, I, it's, a, it's a tricky question because they showed up to the, to the Gold Cup and they did a decent job, but then again, it's CONCACAF. So yeah. it's not that <laughs> difficult to stand out in CONCACAF, I believe. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess we we all wanted to expect more. But after that game, we all got a reality check. And it was like, all right, Qatar sucks. It's a bad <laughs> team. Yeah. We were like, they'll be lucky to get a point. Which they Definitely. ultimately did not get a point. They ended up with uh, one goal forward, seven goals against, three losses. What, um, a, what a joke of a team, man! Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> and to put it, they uh, most of their team wasn't even born in in Qatar. Yeah, I think they yeah, uh, yeah. they hired people or not hired people, but uh, they brought in players from other countries to to perform for them, and you know, it's kind of they ha- kind of they a have shame. A, on the documentary that I told you earlier, um, they they explain that Qatar set up like this academy called Aspire, and they essentially go around and that is a part of the of the world scouting for talent and they you know they bring them over to qatar they pretty much pay for everything their education their food all living expenses everything um and push i guess help them to get into the next level of hopefully getting them into a european team right and then eventually being like hey um you are a a qatar citizen so if you want to play with us uh we're willing to pay you more Um, you've been with us through you know for the last i don't know how many years pretty much your entire uh, teenage years and maybe your early adulthood. Um, so, you know, you can play with us and you can make extra cash playing with us because we have more money and we're convinced you <laughs> using, using, you know, yeah. the big bucks and whatnot. So it was a boring game. That that opening game was freaking boring. I'm lie. I, I really thought um, that we were... I, I, I After that game, I was like, man, I have the feeling or this gave me the feeling that it's going to be another... Uh, South Africa situation where where it was freaking boring as hell, a lot of freaking ties, um, slow games. Yeah. I don't know. Thankf- thankfully, thankfully that wasn't the case. Um, so from Group A, Netherlands and Senegal ended up uh, going through. You think they were the appropriate teams to go through from that group? Yeah, I, I think you know it was it was up to Senegal or Ecuador to to decide who was going to be number two, because um, I I saw the Netherlands to be a very solid team. There was yeah. there wasn't. Um, Although they they look a little ridiculous against Ecuador, uh, for at least at the very end. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think we all anybody who knows anything about football thought you know Netherlands is gonna win the group. Um, definitely. And I think we all equally anybody who knows anything about football thought it was gonna be the Afcon champions that were gonna get second. Um, Ecuador played a lot better than anyone gave them credit for, and uh, you know to be there and just to qualify from Conmebol. It's it's no easy task. So um, they, I I think they've qualified for like the last previous three World Cups or four World Cups. So they're pretty consistent. They might not be the uh, the big boys you think of from Conmebol, Uruguay, Argentina, Brazil, but uh, Colombia to some extent. Um, but uh, you know Ecuador's pretty consistent to to qualify there, and I think they they could they uh, gave performances that you know they could be proud of. And then Valencia played amazing, and uh, up to that point, I think he was joint top scorer of the of the World Cup once the the uh, group stage ended. 
Yeah. So, um, and the best thing about Ecuador is that those jugadores juegan in La Liga MX. Well, not, not those, but I guess like 60% of them. of them play in Liga MX. <laughs> yeah. So, man, so there you go. I mean, if they're able to do it with players from Liga MX, so should Mexico. But exactly. Exactly. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk. We, we, we talk pretty in depth about that, but uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about it in depth later as well. Um, group B was a group we kind of already talked about, so I don't want to waste too much time on it. Um, England, USA, Iran, Wales. Um, again, we we anybody knows anything about football was assuming that England was going to go, you know, top of the yeah, group. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was between USA, Iran, and Wales that uh, you know everybody was kind of um, you know threw their hands up in the air, didn't really know what to what to what to expect there. It could have gone either way. Um, we said in the previous episode that the USA had to beat or tie Wales, lose to England, like we assumed, and beat Iran. And that's what happened. Tied Wales, unfortunately tied England, and um, beat Iran. So they made it through. I think uh, the two best teams from the group made it through, the most consistent teams. And, uh, you know, I don't really have uh, any any uh, quejas, any complaints uh, for that one. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I would say that it was kind of disappointing for Wales. Um, I know they're a small country, but um, they have talent <laughs> and they didn't live up to it. Um, Group C is another one we kind of talked about in great depth already. Argentina, Poland, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia. Um, Argentina again. We we all we yeah. all kind of knew, you know, they would top the group. But but mm-hmm. what a crazy first match! I don't think anybody could have predicted that, huh? Hell no, man! I don't think anyone, man. Like not even not even the Saudi Arabians. Yeah, not even the, and you I... know, not even the wildest dreams they were gonna beat <laughs> Argentina like they did. I know uh, you were impressed by Saudi's coach, weren't you? Hell yeah, man! Uh, I mean, I do have to say that he was—he's not like an improvised coach. He's not a—he's not a green one. He's not—he's not like he doesn't have any experience. He—he uh, he made, I think, Zimbabwe champion of the Afcon, and I believe uh, Ivory Coast as well. Um, so he definitely knows what he's doing. He went to Saudi Arabia. He looks like a—you know—a a, a well-trained, well-experienced, well-educated <coughs> coach. Um, unfortunately. His magic only lasted one game. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he, he used it all up in that one game. Um, so, again, man, for Mexico, we kind of assumed, you know, beat or tie Poland, lose to Argentina, beat uh, Saudi Arabia. And that's what happened. happened. Unfortunately, yeah. they got undone by goal differential in the end. And this was a group where I don't think the two best teams made it through. I think overall, if you look at the performances, I know we uh, kind of uh, – talked about our disappointment with La Selección Mexicana. I think Mexico had better performances in, in general. They played a more attractive football than Poland, and I think they were unlucky, obviously, and uh, probably would have given France a much harder time and would have been a more uh, digno, uh, uh, a more uh, war- rewarded, or um, what is the word, a more uh, deserving deserving uh, mm-hmm. team to go through than Poland, who was playing just boring, boring football. Dude, Poland sucked, man. They were the, the, the whole strategy was, let me try to defend and, you know, flail as much as I can. Then I'll throw a ball and see if Lewandowski can score like a brilliant a strike. Right, right? do his magic. Exactly. And, you know, I guess that paid off by taking them to the next round. It paid off just against that one game against Saudi Arabia where they, they still didn't even play well. They somehow, mm-hmm. they, they just didn't concede one and Mexico did. Uh-huh. So that ultimately ended up screwing was... Mexico over, but yeah. uh, it is what it is. And uh, we accepted it at this point. 
uh, Group D, France, Australia, Tunisia, and Denmark. This was an interesting one because, again, we all knew France was in the top of the group. Um, you know, there, there's talk of the curse of the champions uh, where, you know, the previous champion does not make it through. But, you know, looking at that group and just looking at how France was, you know, stacked, uh, we, we pretty much assumed that, you know, if they don't get all nine points, they'll at least win two out of three or two tie, two wins in a tie. And uh, they lost to Tunisia, like you said. Uh, they played their bench. They uh, were, you know, I think they lost in the last 10 minutes or something. So, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the, the end of the world. But uh, what about Denmark? Denmark went in with a lot of what people, so dark horse. Yeah. I mean, they came from a decent Euro, right? They had, they were right. playing well. They had their, um, uh, they had uh, Eriksen back, who was like their, you know, their, their most, uh, known what well, most known well most talented player um and it's not like they don't have a, a uncompetitive team they actually have a very good uh fixture of players so it was really disappointing they, they didn't play well in any of the games i don't know i mean no. like you said they they have a good squad all their players play in the epl or in you know the france, Bundesliga, france yeah. something they're all in europe you would assume them to be at, at a level where you know they could get out that group relatively easily i mean it, it's it's never easy in the world cup and uh, a lot of teams prove that but i mean we, we definitely thought that denmark was going to be the, the number two in that group props yeah. to australia um they, they, they did well when they had to uh, and uh, after losing pretty badly to france in the first game they came back and and won when they needed to so uh, that was good to see them go through the soccer rules. they don't miss tim cahill no but we do <laughs> we like <Tim> cahill. <laughs> yes I he's do. a good player um group e uh spain germany japan or japan in costa rica um so i think we all assumed it was going to be the two european giants it was a given right yep. it was, it a, was given. a given like no no one expected that i didn't expect uh to see germany struggle as they did in 20, 2018 um i really had high hopes for spain uh just because of the the talent they have they're young, but they know how to play, and they show, you know you showed up to the Euros and put up a good fight. So and they qualified relatively easily to the World Cup too, both of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and um, I I don't know. It's I, I guess Japan's uh, strategy paid off because I don't know if you know this, but they have like a like an unofficial agreement with Bundesliga, and mm -hmm. they've been sending out a lot of their young talent to play at Bundesliga because they realize that most of their players are more are uh, somewhat have a, have a have a higher rate of success at Bundesliga compared to any other leagues like uh, in Europe you name it Italy uh, Spain uh, Premier League etc so i guess at, they are are familiarized with the german style of play so they were able to neutralize them but Man, props to them, dude. They they performed well. They defeated both of them. Um, did they advance? Well, yeah, they as... lost to Costa Rica. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the weirdest thing, though. That's the weirdest yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, Japan advances number one. Spain number two. Germany and Costa Rica three and four. And there was a point in that group where Costa Rica was going in uh, mm -hmm. for three minutes, three or four minutes. But uh, that was probably the craziest and funnest group to follow, just because of the last. Uh, 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 game three, just uh, for all those teams, was was you know you went into that game three, all three, all four teams still alive, yes, yeah, still alive, and fighting for a position. So, so I think that, that was great. the case for a lot of the group, though. 
Uh, a lot of the groups uh, didn't didn't like settle on, on who's moving on until the last. That's uh, true. I, yeah, I think only uh, Qatar and Canada have been eliminated at yeah. that point. <laughs> You're right. Um, so Group F was uh, Morocco, Croatia, Belgium, and Canada. Morocco, the the big, big, big surprise of the tournament. Man, how how great were they that this tournament? Dude, I mean, I, I don't know how great they were because honestly, I mean, they 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 stick to one style of game, style of play, and that's pretty <laughs> much what took took them all the way to the semifinals. I do have to say though that they have a very strong elite team. Uh, most of their players are, you know, on the French league. Actually, most of them are French. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. It's like uh, I was surprised. I'm glad that we had a different team this time around to make it all the way to to the semifinals. Was a shame um, to see him to see the Cinderella story uh, reach an end. But uh, I mean, I, I get it. Everyone likes an underdog story, but for the love of for the love of football, uh, they didn't deserve to make it to the final. No, definitely. But uh, they 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 proved that you know with good coaching, uh, they fired their old coach three months ago and got a yeah, new coach in. I just turned them around. Uh, a yeah. team that you know on paper is probably you would say weaker than La Selección Mexicana is weaker than the USS the US team. Uh, and look, the United team with a good coach, man, you can make it far in this tournament. So hopefully yeah. that uh, that wakens the U.S. team and the Mexico team to kind of go in there and uh, get a better coach. Um, but Belgium, horrible. I don't don't really want to spend much time on them. Nah, Just the uh, end of a golden it. generation and a waste yeah. of golden generation. And uh, Canada, who we thought uh, was, would be a dark horse, um, man, just disappointing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't think we deserve. Yeah, they deserve time on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they don't deserve time, time. on here. Yeah, um, <laughs> bad representation of Concacaf this, this yeah. tournament, Canada. I know. Um, I just want to say they got a reality check. Yeah, they they were they playing a with a lot of. They were talking a lot of smack before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as qualifying top of the Concacaf, and uh, they did get a, a a big reality check. Yeah. Um, okay, Group G: Brazil, Switzerland, Cameroon, and Serbia. Uh, again, Brazil, everyone knew they would be top of that group. Um, and I think between Switzerland, Cameroon and Serbia, it was a coin flip. Um, Mm -hmm. they're all pretty, pretty not similar in how they play, but pretty same level, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Switzerland ended up going through at the end and, uh, Cameroon, uh, Cameroon had that, uh, that victory over Brazil that they cherished like a, a winning a world cup. I mean, Um, I got put up a good display, dude. He put up a show. He gave us a show, man. And uh, Serbia ended with uh, one point and uh, minus three goal for goal differential and uh, was the worst of that group. So at the end, Brazil and Switzerland qualified, leaving us with just Group H, which was maybe the group of death. Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay, and Ghana. It was definitely um, the, the most, um, I guess, equally balanced, may I say. The most yeah, competitive. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a, it was a group where anybody could have gone in. Um, it ended up 6-4-4-3. Six points Portugal, four points Korea, four points Uruguay, and three points Ghana. And again, that was one where it was crazy to follow on the third day because at one point, I think all th- all the teams had qu- were qualified. So uh, yeah. at the end, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in Portugal advanced as number one, and uh, Sun advanced with uh, South Korea as number two. And I think uh, that, that was... 
that was fair based off that group. So um, quickly going on here, you know, that led us to the to the round of 16 where where we talked about in great depth on a previous episode, Netherlands just was too much, too much coaching and too much uh, experience and class for the USA, yeah. ultimately ending up winning 3-1. Uh, Argentina and you know Argentina at that point I think had scored two goals in every game you know except for the Saudi game so yeah. that was another game where they scored two goals two ended goals. up beating yeah. Australia um, I mean, Croatia go for it I think that on the round 16 pretty much everything happened happened as expected like uh, the, the teams with a better ranking moved on with the exception of Morocco um, Morocco, yeah. Um, Japan lost. Unfortunately, I was rooting for them. Uh, that was a good game. Yeah, to Croatia on penalties, three mm-hmm. one. Uh, Croatia kept that Cinderella story going all the way to the third place, and uh, you know, uh, deserving third place. Uh, yeah, they've agreed. been so consistent. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Brazil won four to one. We all kind of, again, that that should have happened. <laughs> France three to one. England three zero. And Morocco, with their uh, Cinderella story continuing, they won 3-0 in penalties to uh, Spain. Spain, yeah, that's crazy. And the final game was 6-1 Portugal-Switzerland, which uh, probably Portugal's best performance, for sure. Yeah. And uh, I think they all got in on the action there. The one game for Gonzalo. Yep, for sure. Uh, So after that, we had a a great game, Netherlands and uh, Argentina. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it mm-hmm. kind of happened what happened today. Argentina was up 2-0 and Netherlands just uh, came back. What mm-hmm. did you think of that one? Did you enjoy that game? Yeah, I, I thought it was a you know, outstanding game. It was I was always on the edge of my seat. Um, I think uh, I was really surprised that Scaloni uh, outcoached uh, Luis Van Gaal on, on, the, on the very one thing that he's good at, you know, which is strategizing. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, Argentina was dominating pretty much entire game um, until the very end where they let go and, you know, you know what happened. But it was it was a really good game. I think it was maybe the best one out of the quarterfinals. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Croatia, Brazil. Croatia won 4-2. Disappointing, uh, man. Disappointing Brazil performance. I think mm-hmm. the second World Cup in a row when they go out in the round of eight or the quarterfinals. Um. Just everyone's, for the most part, the sports books pick to win the tournament at the start of the tournament. And, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, they just completely get uh, handled. Um, Croatia knew their plan, executed it, um, stayed, uh, you know, uh, central and just uh, did not let them execute their plan and uh, ended up taking it to, to penalties and winning. What a shame, and, dude. Uh, what a, what a shame. shame. And uh, I think they already let go of uh, their coach, right? Mm-hmm. Tite got fired after that. I mean, he just yeah. it was deserved. We all knew that with Brazil is either you make it to the semifinals and then maybe you you get to move on to the next uh, World Cup, and if in the next one you don't make it to the final, you're out, dude. Yeah, I agree. Um, France beat England two to one and was uh, what a lot of people are calling um, the game where England played better, and I, I believe they did as well. Yeah, uh, but that's football. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose when you play better. So. France, uh, that's probably their weakest game other than the one today, the first 80 minutes of today. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, that's what elite teams do. They they pull a win even when they play bad. 
And uh, I mean, that's what you get when you then, put all your eggs in the Tottenham Hotspur basket. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Harry Kane hasn't won anything and still hasn't. And he um, won't. He won't win anything. And he won't unless he moves to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was uh, Morocco, Portugal. Morocco held on, won one zero, and that uh, wasn't the prettiest of games at all. Probably my least nah, favorite game. It was game, a very slow game, you know, very, the, very uh, yeah, fought in the meal field. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was very clogged. Um, after that, we uh, got uh, semifinals, Argentina, Croatia. That just seemed like a um, walk in the park for Argentina. They won 3 0. Uh, they were just yeah. completely the better team, and uh, wasn't really much Croatia could do to them to kind of uh, make them worry. Uh, France as well, they played really. I think there was a couple chances at the end of the Morocco game with France where Morocco had a had a Chilena that kind of almost went in. Um, and uh, it was just a, the two teams that uh, played the best in the tournament deserved it and ultimately ended up winning. And I don't think we had any regrets or any questions about nah, was it no. fair or not. Um, so, you know, and that's I, just and people where were saying like last... People were saying, like, if you love football, tú quieres que pase Marruecos y Francia. And I was like, nah, man. No, sorry, not Marcos and Francia, sorry. Uh, Croatia and, and, uh, yeah. and Marruecos. And I was like, nah, man, come on, dude. If you actually like football, <laughs> you want Argentina and France to make it to the next stage, for sure. Right. That that, that would have been the, the best game, and it was the best game. Definitely mm-hmm. the best World Cup final yeah. I've seen. Um, so, nah, man, that was a... I think overall, um, football-wise, quality of play-wise, the World Cup was a, was a success. Yeah, um, it was. It's always going to be remembered as well from uh, the non-football aspects of it. And that definitely led a lot to be desired and was a lot of negativity to it, rightfully so. But um, I think you and I would both agree that, yeah, football-wise, it was a success. And maybe, if not the best World Cup, one of the best World Cups that at least you and I have witnessed in our lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least top three awesome. in my list, for sure. For sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, man, that was a that was a good uh, good talk with you about the World Cup there. Um, I think uh, it's a good stopping point and um, definitely um, something we'll talk more about. You know, going forward, as you know, the World Cup mania is still still strong here. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I want to just remind everybody: please subscribe, comment, like, and uh, you know we're available on all on all podcast services, well, YouTube, and I want you guys to. If you can, please check us out next week because, again, we have a very special guest joining us, um, FIFA referee here in the United States, and uh, he's going to be giving us his his views on on the World Cup, on the calls that were made, a lot of you know very important calls like that Japan goal, goal that went in and ultimately costed Germany their their. That's going to be uh, interesting to hear what 16. he has to say about that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he'll he'll definitely give us his angles and um, his uh, his thoughts on VAR implementation. And uh, this new VAR system that I think Italy has already started to implement or will start to implement uh, next season. And, um, you know, a lot of uh, positives as well, refereeing wise, the all first female referee uh, squad that took charge of a World Cup game. Also, don't uh... go for it. I just wanted to remind everyone to also follow us on our social media at Puro Pinche Gol on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Definitely. Yeah. Follow us everywhere and um, check us out on, on your, your uh, streaming service of choice. And um, yeah, appreciate it. Adrian, thank you for joining us again here or 
thank you for you know being with me as my co-host um, definitely man it's always a pleasure talking with you man talking picking your brain on this uh, sport that we love so uh i'll see you next episode man and uh yeah subscribe thanks guys see ya